Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of Sir Married Horror Fan. Did I say that right? Sir Married Horror Fan? Yeah. I can't remember. I, I literally said it and as I was saying it, I, was, I wasn't sure if the words welcome came out. Welcome to Sir Married Horror Fan. <laughs> uh, this is episode 156. I'm one of your hosts, Simon. I'm Lee. And thank you for joining us once again. Thank you to all of those of you who joined us for our top 10 horror movies of 2023 episode that went out on friday that definitely did go out on friday and i'm not just saying that just because we're recording this in advance um so yeah i hope that episode wasn't too controversial he says having not recorded it yet (laughs) but anyway we are here to talk about the second movie for our horror video game adaptation month today we are going to be looking at the 2021 film Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. We are uh, thank you to everyone that checked out our episode on Mortal Kombat. We appreciate that. And um, yeah, we're actually talking very more specifically horror this week. Uh, we are talking about something that I am very excited to talk about. Um, so without further ado, should we just, should we just crack on? Should we just crack on? We can indeed. Okay. So welcome to Raccoon City or just Raccoon City as I've been referring to it as. Have you seen, have you seen the video of the little raccoon dancing? No. So there's a video online of a woman dancing and she's dancing like this. You and then can't see that, but it's And then there's a raccoon in a like behind a fence doing the same thing. Mm. And then someone's put the Rack City song over the top. But they've changed it to Raccoon City, so it's Raccoon City, bitch. Rack Raccoon City, bitch. Hmm. Sorry, okay. that just made me think. All of that. I'm saying though is Raccoon City would have been a far more interesting film. A literal film about a city entirely. It sounds like full of raccoons, like a Zootopia. Style it sounds film. like a a shit Pixar movie. It does. Uh, so, <clears throat> Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, was written and directed by Johannes Roberts. Who I think is the guy who did The Shallows. He did one of them shark movies. Uh, we can find out. Let's have a look. Forty-seven meters down. There we go. He didn't do The Shallows. I think the guy who did The Shallows is Juan Colette Serra, who is the guy who did Jungle Cruise, maybe. Sure. For The Rock. And he did Black Adam also for the. Uh, he did. You are. If you are correct, you are correct. But yeah, Johannes Roberts, I knew he'd done one of them fucking shark movies. Yeah, now originally though, this film was supposed to be done by one of James Thames. Yes. And was um, due to be written by Greg Russo. Hey! Greg's back. Greg's back! We love a Greg's. We do love Greg's. Uh, not as much as we love Coupland's, but you know, you can't win everything, can you? I realise that is a very niche reference for all of our I was actually I was actually referencing our friend Greg. Oh, I was referencing the bakery Greg's. Did you see this thing on this? They, so there's a, there's a show on Netflix, a documentary, that they're actually breaking down everything that's in Greg's food. Oh, really? So that you can, they will actually tell you what is actually in a Greg's. So they're going to pull apart a sausage roll and tell you what the sausage rolls are made of. <laughs> but did you also... I saw this thing on Lad Bible the other day. Sorry, this is a really weird tangent. Um, people are now just apparently finding out that Greg's don't serve hot food. What? So, 
they they obviously cook the the food to a certain temperature, yeah. and then they just heat it up with the things. So the food is not yeah. So the food is technically not hot. So they don't technically serve hot food because it's my main complaint about Greg's. But there's a apparently somewhere up north they are opening like an actual dine in Greg's, like a where they bring you the food to the table like as a full dining experience. But yeah, Lad Bible were like, um, because Lad Bible do a lot of food related stuff. They were like, yeah, people are shocked to find out that Greg's don't serve hot food, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of cold Greg's, so it's not surprising. Uh, for any of our non-English list- listeners, like Greg's is a bakery, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a sandwich shop. Yeah, and then for anyone who's not from like the very specific area of North Yorkshire, well, South Yorkshire, where Cooplands exist, it's basically Greg's, but they keep their food warm. <laughs> so you will always have hot food when you go in. And between four members of staff, they've probably got three teeth between them. Wow, I fucking love a Cooplands. <laughs> Uh, Although Greg's is weirdly something that Americans are obsessed with. Like Americans, when they come over to the UK, like our friend Shane is obsessed with Greg's. Whenever she comes over, she's like always at a Greg's. It's a sausage roll game, man. It's the only food you'll get in a Greg's that's consistently hot is a sausage roll because they're always Although you should defo watch the episode of Snack Wars where they give Triple H a... uh, cheese bean and sausage bake i love it and then they they give it to him he eats a bite of it and then they ask him to tell them what's in it but then i but then like i realize americans don't really eat beans no so that well in the sense that they don't eat baked beans yeah i don't think baked beans is a big thing and it's not something America. that they would put together they wouldn't put no. like grated cheese and baked beans together like Which over here <laughs> because there's a bit it's really good yeah over here it's like a Beans on toast. Like a jacket potato filling as well. Yeah, beans on toast, cheese on top. Yeah, but like Americans don't really do it. I feel like there's a long list (coughs) of things Americans just don't have, which is boggling to me. It's that, and then it's when he eats the scotch egg as well, because Triple H, they they did a whole bunch of stuff. For a man who's had heart surgery recently, they give him like a lot of shit that's got pork products. Do you know one thing apparently you can't get? Well, I know you can't get in the States. My granddad used to have to drive two hours to go to a shop to get them. Mm. Hobnobs. Fucking hell. And milk chocolate digestives. I do wonder, though, if the Americans charge as much for English snacks as what English places do for Americans. I feel like, yes. Because it's import and everything, isn't it? Mm. Anyway. Anyway, cast of this film. Let's get back on on, um, track. So we've got Kaya Scudelario as Claire Redfield. Hannah John Kamen as Jill Valentine. British person. Robbie Amell as Chris Redfield. Canadian person. Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker. British person. Avon Jogia as Leon Kennedy. Uh, person of Canadian. In- indeterminate origin. He's Canadian. Mr. Halsey. Uh, Donald Logue. Is, please tell me he's Irish. Irish. I was going to say, Donald Logue. You've got to be fucking Irish. Chief as Chief Irons. Neil McDonoghue as William Birkin. Scottish? American. Oh, damn it. Uh, Lily Gao as Ada Wong. It's weird that she's this high up the cast list. Uh, Chad Rook as Richard Aiken. And then I'm definitely missing... Oh, Nathan Dales as Vickers. Josh Crudes as Ben Bartolucci. Uh, Pat Thornton as the truck driver. And then we've got Holly DeBarras as Sherry Birkin and Jeanette... Jan- Jeanette, not Janet. Janet Porter as Annette Birkin. That's where I got Jeanette from. Uh, Who plays Lisa, does it say? 
I'm, I'm trying to find her. This cast is not in an easily mm. functional way. Uh, Lily Gale Reed plays young Claire, and then Daxon Gerjal plays young Chris. Uh, Dylan Taylor plays Kevin Dooley. I recognise the name, which makes me think that he was somebody important. Apparently not. Uh, Lisa Malin Crowd, Labcoat Zombie, not credited anywhere. Oh. Ashford Twins, Chernobyl Zombie, Female in Crowd, Nurse, Sick Boy, Sickly Mother, Waitress. Um, Lisa, Lisa. Oh, well, hang on. There she is. Marina Mazeppa as Lisa Trevor. Mm. I scrolled past her because the name just hadn't clicked in my brain. My bad. Sorry, guys. Uh, so this film was made on a budget of $25 million. Mm-hmm. And at box office, it made $42 million. So I'd say mm. success. Yeah. So this movie cost half as much as Mortal Kombat. Yes. Yes, it did. You can tell. Um, Plotline wise, set in 1998, this original story explores the secrets of the mysterious Spencer Mansion and the ill fated Raccoon City. So I think before we get into this, we kind of have to give a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of context to how this movie came to be. So there are, in the mainline series of Resident Evil games, there are 10 main Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 0 to 7, Village, and Code Veronica. Um, There are about 30 Resident Evil games in general, if you include all the spin-offs, ports, remakes, etc. Because 1 to 4 have been remade in recent years. Um, There is also a a series of animated... um, Films, comic books, novels. Um, there's also a live action TV series which was on Netflix, which came out around about the same time as this. There's also six other live action movies which were helmed in large part by Paul W. S. Anderson, which means that the Resident Evil films and the Mortal Kombat films actually share some cinematic DNA because Paul W. S. Anderson directed the first Mortal Kombat movie and the majority of the original Resident Evil films. Mm-hmm. Um, so Resident Evil's been going for quite a while. It's approaching its 28th anniversary next year. Um, and originally, they were planning to make a Resident Evil film in 1998. Sony were originally going to make the film. They hired uh, George A. Romero to direct a advert, a live-action advert for Resident Evil 2, which came out in 1998. Um, and it only aired in Japan, where the games are known as Biohazard rather than Resident mm-hmm. Evil. Um, and they approached him to direct a live-action film. So he wrote a draft of the script in six weeks, which was going to be basically a straight <coughs> adaptation of the first game. The head of Capcom basically said that his script sucked, fired him, and then the rights got bought by Constantine Films, who would then go on to make the Resident Evil films starring Mila Jovovich, directed by Paul Douglas Anderson, which are moderately to to adequately successful. Uh, they don't adapt the video games very well, but for video game adaptations, they were like very successful. Those movies made a lot of money. That's why there's six of them. Um, so 
the last one came out, I think, in 2016 or 2017. Um, it's been a while. And then there were rumblings that they wanted to reboot the series. Obviously, they did the series on Netflix, which is kind of Resident Evil in name only. And then, obviously, they got rights to reboot the film franchise. And then I don't know at which point James Wan was involved. Um, but all I know is that we are here now and we obviously got Raccoon City, which came out in 2021. The same year as Mortal Kombat. But I don't really know a huge amount about James Wan's involvement other than he was rumoured to be making it. Um, um, so And it would have made sense if Greg Russo was going to write it because he... James Wan is one of the producers through Atomic Monster of Mortal Kombat, which we talked about last week. Yeah, so I don't know if it was ever like official, but Wan was due to produce the reboot mm-hmm. with Greg Russo writing the script. So he probably would have done it in a very similar way to what he did Mortal Kombat then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that came from the film, the Constantine film chairman. So that's true. He was due to produce and. Russo was to write. Um, <coughs> it was when Roberts was hired as both director and writer, one and Russo left the project. So, much like I did last week with Mortal Kombat, uh, what is your knowledge or what was your knowledge of Resident Evil, both as a game series and just as an overall franchise? Uh, nothing. Literally nothing. All I could tell you was that the Resident films existed purely because uh, one of my friends growing up had a huge crush on Mila Djokovic. Mila Djokovic, yeah. Mila Djokovic. And apparently there's a scene in like the first one where you can see up her dress. Yeah, she's basically naked in a couple of scenes in the first movie. Yeah, that's all I can tell you. That's all I knew of it because, yeah, one of my friends growing up, Laura, was had a massive thing for her. And yeah, that's about my my knowledge. And then I think since then, like I knew there were video games. I've never played any of them. Obviously, Village became prevalent in everyone because of um, Lady Demetresque, 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 whatever her name is, and the Vampire Girls. Um, but that was I just know her as the big lady to quote Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, no, I never really knew a lot about Resident Evil. It wasn't really on. I don't particularly. I definitely didn't used to play horror games, and even now the horror games I play tend to be more focused on like creature feature than zombies, and plus they're like point and shoot games. They're I want to say FPS or TPS. I know they're both uh, shooters. TPS. TPS. Because you see the character on the screen. Yeah, and I'm very bad at any shooting game. Uh, I got my ass kicked in Halo by somebody who was blindfolded. That is how bad I am at shooting games. Um, so they were never really on my like radar of stuff to play. A, first because they were a horror, and then secondly because they were shooty games. Fair. And I think still to this day, if ever you notice, whenever I play anything, I don't play things where you have to point and shoot. Uh, if you've ever noticed that in like all of my back catalogue of games I own, none of them are point and shoots. <laughs> I've only ever played one to completion, and that was... Uh, Dirges of Rus, and that took me years to complete. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I have very little knowledge. You, I, I think you gathered that watching this, and I kept asking you 
what I assume were pretty basic questions having played any of the Resident yeah. Evil games. Well, this is the, this is not the first time you've seen this film. No, 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 no. But this was the first time I paid attention watching this film. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is going to become a running theme until we get to our last episode of the month where I think it becomes a little bit... I've never played it. Uh, ...iffy uh, with me. Because this, this is the only series I'm not really as obsessed with as I am with the others. Um, but yeah, for those of you keeping score, like on the tally of things that Simon loves, Resident Evil is one of the things that I like absolutely fucking love. It's something you share with your dad, your <coughs> love of Resident yes. Evil, isn't it? Uh, me and my dad played... Well, yeah. Um, my dad enjoys a Resident Evil game. Um I remember playing the first Resident Evil when I was quite young. So the first Resident Evil game came out in 96 when I was like 11 years old. And I think I played it for the first time probably in like 97-ish. Because um, that was when we got our PlayStation. And I remember it being one of the first games we got. And I remember it just like scaring the shit out of me. Like I remember playing Resident Evil and being like really, really freaked out. Um, and then I remember Resident Evil 2 coming out and they did a demo disc. This is how old I am. So they used to do PlayStation magazine, like official PlayStation magazine. And on every issue, you would get like a demo disc. Like it would be like mounted to the front of the magazine. And I remember Resident Evil, it had like the first 10 minutes of Resident Evil 2. Um, and you could play as like Claire or, or Leon. And you just played, like, the opening 10 minutes of the game. And I remember, like, being obsessed with Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2 is my favourite of all of the Resident Evil games. And it's it's the one that I bought the remake of when the remake came out as well. and played the remake. Um, so I remember, like, growing up being really obsessed. And it was one of those things, like, you know, you would talk about it at school. Everybody was, like, sharing cheat codes. Everybody was, like, talking about, like, different stuff and... There's a like a real puzzle solving element to it as well, which is really interesting. But my main takeaway from the, the games was that they were like really atmospheric and really interesting. And um, <coughs> like it for me, like Resident Evil is like ground zero for like my love of survival horror games. Because from that point, then I grew up to play like Silent Hill. I played some of the like I played all of the Doom games. I played like Bioshock is my favorite game ever. Dead Space, etc. Um, Evil Within, which is another fucking wicked uh, survival horror game. So when the first Resident Evil film came out, I remember seeing a trailer for it at the cinema and thinking, okay, this looks kind of interesting. Um, saw it, hated it, still hate it now. I think it's a really fun film. But it's a shit Resident Evil movie. Mm. Um, the Ice Nine Kills video for Rainy Day is a better Resident Evil movie inside three minutes than what any of the Resident Evil movies directed or produced by Paul W.S. Anderson are. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. But needless to say, I was um, not massively impressed by the, the film series. But as somebody who's grown up enjoying the games, when I found out that the new movie was going to be more based on the games and then you see the trailer and you see Claire and you see Leon and you see Jill and you see um, Chris and then they show you the Spencer Mansion and then they show you the RPD police station. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, This is stuff that I recognise. This is stuff that 
I know, like, this is things that I know from the I games. I know these things, yeah. Like, yeah. these are the things from my childhood, like, that I remember. And then you realise that the film is a weird remix of, like, the main storylines of both the original games. Mm-hmm. And that's when the film starts to fall apart. Because this is a film that does way too much and not enough. Okay. Um, and that's kind of, like where I'm at with it, having seen this a few times. My feeling is that it does way too much and not enough. But as somebody, like, we'll get to my thoughts on it in a minute, but as somebody that's never played a single second of Resident Evil or really ever seen anyone play Resident Evil. I think you may have seen me play Village for like 10 minutes. Uh, I've seen a few like bits from Village because I've seen like um, a couple of like YouTubers playing it. I'm pretty sure. Did you see the bit with a giant horrific baby? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure I watched Jacksepticeye play it. <laughs> that sounds probably about right. I may be wrong. It could have been somebody else, but it's normally Jack's videos I'm watching. Um... But yeah, no, you're right. I haven't played a single second. Especially the early. I feel like Village is slightly different because it's a very different time period, whereas this is the original run of games. Yeah. Although I do think Village would make a sick <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, so what What are your... As just, a, as just a film and as a film-going experience, Like, what do you think of Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City? Um, I feel like there's too many plates to a degree, but mm-hmm. overall, for someone who has never seen the played the games, it makes a degree of sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still missing quite a lot of context for things that are happening in the film. Yeah. But overall, it still kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like There's stuff that definitely could have been explained better, like what the fuck is going on with the Trevor Mansion? Why is Spencer Lisa Mansion. Spencer Mansion... Uh, who the fuck Lisa is? Yeah. There's no explanation there. What the fuck was the video of the twins? Mm-hmm. Like, I know now I've looked it up, it's something to do with Code Veronica or whatever that fucking Project Veronica or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've never played the games. So I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Like, what is that? Um, like, what is with the Spencer, Spencer Mansion? Uh, who the fuck is the doctor in actual fact? Because we don't, I, we, we don't get told anything. He worked for the orphanage and he was experiment on children i'm assuming in conjunction with umbrella yeah but it's never clearly outright stated mm-hmm. also when did the virus act- outbreak actually happen and did umbrella cause it so they could destroy raccoon city or like you know, there's a lot of like unanswered questions yeah. as to what the fuck is going on if you, I'm sure they didn't anticipate people who weren't huge Resident Evil fans already going to see this film because it's kind of niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it is a general horror movie, so probably horror audiences would have gone to go see yeah. it anyway. And I do feel like there's certain things they could have explained. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, there was some character alterize altering. In this, because you made a comment about Leon. Yeah. I don't think you're entirely pleased with Leon in this. Uh, my only comments for Leon is, thank God he's pretty, because he's <laughs> fucking useless. Um, yeah, I think the, the whole thing with the twins, so Chris and Sarah? Chris and Claire, they're not Chris twins. Or oh, the siblings, whatever yeah. the fuck they are. Um, 
like how did they end up at the orphanage what what the fuck was going on there did either of them get injections were the government umbrella giving the police department injections to keep them safe from the virus like what because that gets referenced at one point twice in fact because claire references it and then the conspiracy nut dude references it is that happening um so what's going on with all of that thank god all i've got to say is thank god this movie had avon joggy hair and fucking my favorite of the ml cousins in it robbie robbie is robbie yeah, isn't yeah. it uh and they're both pretty because i don't think this film would have held my attention otherwise because it just gives me more questions than any sort of answers and I do realise, like, probably part of that is because this was planned to be the first film in, like, in more films. In fact, they are still confirmed to be making a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if it's actually going to... Because the I did look it up. The director wanted to do the Veronica... Storyline. Storyline. Yeah. Um, that was 20 in 2022. Oh, no, hang on. Was that... Yeah, it was in 2022 um and a bunch of them have all confirmed they want to come back so yeah they wanted to do the code veronica storyline and mix it up with a um, resident evil 4 but are also interested in adapting biohazard 7 mm-hmm. and village <clears throat> seven's great seven's um, one of one of the better games but they have confirmed as of april 2023 they have been confirmed that they have received a grant of $2 million from that Northern Ontario Heritage Fund uh, for the production of the film titled Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles. Mm. Whatever that means. Um, so I do feel like part of that confusion is because they, they want to make more so that yeah. the world and the story will build out and you'll get more information as you go on. But I do feel like making a film where it's never certain you're going to get another film you do need to make sure that it's clear and concise and people understand what is happening. Yeah. And I don't think that move, that this movie hits that mark very well. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, <clears throat> do you remember when we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes. And do you remember when I said to you after we saw Sonic the Hedgehog that I thought it was great? Yes. And then we, I went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog too and I was like, this is fucking great. Yes. And then, do you remember when we went to see Super Mario Brothers? And yes. I was like, this is fucking great. Yes. So, the reason why Super Mario Brothers, the new one, is fucking great, and the reason why the Sonic the Hedgehog movies are great, is because they take the characters as they are portrayed in the games. And for the, for the Sonic movie particularly, they put them in a new setting, but they never betray the characters, and they never betray like that, that origin. Mm-hmm. With the Super Mario game, it's basically like watching... Someone plays Super Mario. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the Rainbow Road sequence and that. So basically, they did all of the nods and the Easter eggs for the fans, but they made it faithful. Mm-hmm. So they made it so that it felt like the thing that you love. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Mortal Kombat does, to a degree. Mm-hmm. The problem with Resident Evil is... And I'm going to use one of my favourite quotes that I use on this all the time the resident evil film feels like somebody played the first two resident evil games got got really drunk (coughs) then got a concussion and then tried to explain to someone 
what the first two Resident Evil movies okay. are about. The first two Resident Evil games are about. So, my first big issue with this film, and you've just hit the nail on the head again there, because they're already fucking talking about doing it for a sequel, is the idea of taking two games and smashing them together to make one story. Mm-hmm. Now, the first Resident Evil game isn't very long. Probably about You can probably complete it in about 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Second game, probably about 15 hours. They're not very long games. But they have stories that, like, accommodate that length of time. Mm-hmm. So the first problem I have with this movie is the idea of taking... Essentially, what is split over two games, even though the stories are set two months apart, you have the first game, which is set almost exclusively in the Spencer's Mansion, and then the second game, which is set throughout Raccoon City during the zombie outbreak. Now, the problem with taking both those stories and smashing them together is then creating a cohesive story where they can meet in the middle, which is where this movie falls apart. So... The main the main story for Resident Evil 2 is that Claire is looking for Chris, who's gone missing. Chris mm-hmm. is obviously in the mansion in the first game with Jill and Wesker. And it's about kind of like her search for her brother, and then obviously she teams up with Leon, etc. Now, I really like the design of the Spencer Mansion in this film, and I really like the look of the police station. So, Cap- Capcom? Capcom, yeah, who created provided the, the blueprints for the mansion and the police station. Nice. So they gave the the film the, the production company, team. Yeah, this is what the layout of each location looks like, which I think is really smart because anyone who's played the game will be looking for. Well, that door wouldn't be there. That room's in a different. Yeah, yeah, we all yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's yeah, a big yeah. fan of a franchise, so I think it was smart. They did do that so that they've actually laid out the exact same way they are in the games. Yeah, because they had the blueprints. They knew how things needed to flow. Yeah, because that's where locations would be. And I just think. Side note: that's <clears> just a fun little fact. I think the problem with this movie is because the other six movies were so unsuccessful in the eyes of like video game fans. Mm is that they had such an easy layup with this film that they felt like they could do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So for me, an adaptation of something isn't just saying, oh, look, there's that thing you like, and just putting in something just so people can do the fucking Leonardo DiCaprio meme at the screen, which this film does a lot. Yes. It it brings in a villain from the first game, but then puts them as like... No, sorry, the villain of the second game but then puts them in, like, a storyline with characters from the first game. Like, Lisa Trevor is a character that was that is exclusive to the GameCube remake of the first game mm-hmm. and is actually one of the bosses. She's actually a really hard villain to defeat in the game. Yet in this, she's a child who's kind of helping them. Mm. So you took this really iconic, frightening, terrifying character who has this really terrifying backstory... And you relegated her to a fucking, basically like Newt from fucking Aliens, which is it weird in itself. Then you've got Birkin, who Birkin has nothing to do with the Redfield siblings in the games, so his story is not tied to the Redfield siblings at all. So he 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 actually went and studied science and medicine with Wesker, and him and Wesker are the same age, and they developed a rivalry while they were in like university together yeah. 
And then he goes on to become like the main like virologist for Umbrella, Umbrella, who creates the T virus and then the G virus, which is what he's infected with, which turns him into the monster. Mm -hmm. And then there's a whole story with him like trying to hunt down. Yeah, because they replaced Leon is the one who's working with the other people in the games, isn't it? It's not Wesker. Chris is. That was Leon. According to according to the no, sorry, yeah, Leon Leon helps Birkin's family throughout the games. So, like, he protects Sherry throughout the games and then he reunites with an adult version of Sherry. Like, he's in 2, 4 and 6 and his storyline is parallel to the Birkin family storyline okay. throughout the games. No, so you know how Wesker is working for um, somebody. We don't mm-hmm. know who, it's never cleared up. Who the fuck is he working yeah, yeah, yeah. for? In the games or online, it says that le- that's what Leon is doing in the film. So yeah. he's working for whoever Wesker is working for in this movie. Yeah, and he's trying to discover what's going on. Right, okay. Because he wants to obviously uncover the secrets of what's going on with Birkin because he basically is looking after his daughter. Um, I can't, I've completely forgot what I was going to say. So yeah, Birkin is not... Birkin and Wesker are meant to be the same age. They de-aged Wesker, Wesker in this and made him a lot younger, so they have no prior thing to each other. Wesker is also part of the team that do experiment on Star's agents, and he does do experiments in an orphanage, but the orphanage he's experimenting on, Chris and Claire aren't a part of. They added that for the film to kind of give it a little bit more of a, like, story. Interconnected, yeah. Um, which is a thing in itself. So you've got that plot line, which doesn't really add up to anything. And then, obviously, they try to tie in the Spencer Mansion stuff. And then, obviously, like... Because Lisa is... you In the game, you discover Lisa in the Spencer Mansion. That's where she lives. She lives in a series of interconnected tunnels under the mansion. And Mm -hmm. that's where you discover her. So they basically took a lot of this stuff. And then they, they kind of smashed it all together and then hoped that fans would just be happy to see the things on screen that they... See, I think putting the two plot lines together makes sense. So setting them on the same night and having them basically run parallel to each other makes sense to a degree to Mm. me, having not played the games. Because although they are two separate games, from everything I know about both of those games now... I could see both those things happening at the same time <clears throat> yeah. in the same location, just in separate location, like different places. Mm-hmm. So m- by pushing the two of them together, I don't have an issue with, because I feel like they work quite well as parallel stories, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, if this is what's happening up in the mountains, this is what's happening in Raccoon City. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Uh, but they don't merge them together well enough for it to be... like. She's back because there was a conspiracy theory. Yeah. And like, like like it would make more sense if she'd forgotten her childhood and she'd started having nightmares about what happened to mm. her as a kid and had come back to Raccoon City because of that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that would have made more sense to me as a through line of it being like she'd forgotten about her childhood mm. and she'd started having flashbacks to like the experimentations at the orphanage. Mm. And that's what's drawn her back to Raccoon City and to her brother to try and figure out what actually happened to them as children. Then, oh, there's some dude online who, like, he said that, like, they're planning on, like, they're destroying Raccoon City. Like, that what? And, like, to put it into the simplest terms, you know, 
I'll, I'll use a reference which I, I know you'll understand even though you hated the film. To answer your question about like the Umbrella Corporation. So you know how in the X-Files movie they've got the alien pathogen which they're testing on the humans. Yes. And then obviously when the when the, the black site gets closed down they move to like a second black mm-hmm. site. And then they have multiple black sites all over the world. That's basically with um, like the same thing with Umbrella. So Raccoon, Raccoon City is ground zero. It's where Umbrella was developed. It was where, like... It was where it was founded. Like, yeah, yeah, founded the T-Virus and all that sort of stuff. And then, throughout the games, you find out that it's a much more global thing. Yeah, so it's there's, a corporation. Yeah, there's, it? like, a T-Virus, the G-Virus, there's, like... There's a whole lot of yeah, viruses. There's the Tyrant Virus, there's, like, Nemesis, pro- the Nemesis program. One of them, um, Chris goes to Africa, and, like, there's stuff with, like, Ebola, and, like all of the viruses and things that are happening out there and all this sort of stuff. So it's like this big, vast, interconnected, like, thing. Mm. And then, obviously, basically what they do is they, they, they drain one place of its resources and then they just pack up and move somewhere else, basically. So what are Umbrella trying to do? Are they trying to, like, create a soldier, basically? Yeah, so... that's how it comes across in yeah. the film, is it's like they're trying to create the perfect soldier to win wars or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit like that, but it's also like, it's basically just like... Fuck around, fam, find out. Yeah, I don't want to waste too much time talking about it, because it would take ages to explain, but essentially they are a pharmaceutical company that is trying to like do experiments with like dead tissue and like evolution and like regeneration and okay. like all that sort of yeah. shit. And it's like... You know, if we sent a soldier into war and they died, we could give them this and we could bring them back to life. We could make them stronger, which is kind of what they hint at with Wesker in the end credits is like, you know, if you died, but then we gave you the T-virus, it would make you stronger because it like enhances your cells and your physical DNA and your makeup and all this shit. So it I think... also turns you into a brain. Yeah, yeah. And they're like a biochemical company, basically. Okay, yeah. So I think the crux of it is that they're always trying to unlock like the next... The next step in evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in order to create like that soldiers and all that sort of that shit, that makes sense. Um, but it never fucking works. Like it never does in any of these things. But like my my issue with this film is it looks in a lot of places like the games. Like the Spencer Man- Spencer Mansion looks fucking amazing, and there's a lot of really cool shit they do in the Spencer Mansion. The little amount of time they spend in the police station, the police station looks really fucking cool. But. It's a really hollow experience watching this film because while you're watching it and you're going, yes, this kind of looks like the thing that I remember, the the two biggest sins, other than the story aspects, that this film commits is the film is devoid of atmosphere. So the Resident Evil games work because they're terrifying, mm-hmm. because of the way they're lit, the sound design. Like, you're walking down a dark corridor, all you've got is a torch and a gun with two bullets, and you don't know what's going to come around the corner. Is it going to be a liquor? Is it going to be, like, three zombies? Is it going to be, like, Nemesis? Like, you don't know. And it's that fear and that anticipation of, like, holy shit, if I open this locker, is there a zombie in there? Like, have I got enough bullets to defend myself? Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, because there's no kind of... It annoys me with films like this. There's at no point where, like, one of them is, like changing that like you see leon do it yeah but other than that you don't see any of yeah. them really change like reload their gun you there's no moment where any of them has to like back off and like use a knife mm-hmm. or a different weapon because they've run out of ammunition yeah. which 
in a film like this, I feel like needs to have like you need to be consciously yeah. aware that they only have so much ammunition. Yeah. And they'll do it in some films where like they'll be doing it and like you can hear them shouting like I've only got two bullets, like I'm down to two. Like fuck. And that's kind of like my thing. There's been many a time, especially playing Resident Evil 2, where like I've walked through the police station and like I've turned a corner and I've accidentally kicked something and made a noise. And like I'm backed into a corner, and there's like four zombies coming towards me, and, you've got, like, two and I've bullets. got two bullets. I've got no knife. All I've got is a torch, and I'm like trying to struggle like my way out. And that's the thing that makes the game so intense and so frightening is that situation of like, holy fuck, I am in a corner, and like I am being swarmed by zombies, and it's dark, and I can't see, and I can't reach my gun, and I can't reach my torch, and. Like, what happens if I can't get out of this situation? Because they do try and do that, because they do that with Chris when he's first in the Spence mansion, yeah. and he gets crowded. But he gets out of that relatively easily from what... Like, yeah. I don't remember him getting out of that. I remember him being yeah. backed up against the wall. And they cut away from it as and well. And then suddenly he's fine. And yeah. I'm like, there is you? There is one cool sequence that they do in this, and it's the scene where he sat uh, up against the table, and you see the guy turning into the zombie and he starts coming towards him and, and he's using he's the, lighter. the lighter and every time he flicks the lighter out. on the zombie is closer and then he and disappears yeah yeah and i think that's uh, a really cool that's scene. a really cool scene and there's also the sequence where he's using basically the gunfire that's all that's like yeah, the yeah, scene. yeah. It's like the flash of the gunfire that's really quite cool because again you don't know what else is happening around you because you can't see you're getting like flash shots of what's yeah. happening <coughs> but <laughs> So for me, that I I didn't think like like there's so many points in this film where you should feel something like the first time you see the liquor should be like a big moment like the first time you see Lisa Trevor should be a big moment because in the game it's a big moment. See the thing is, I feel like they try yeah like with the introduction of the liquor when Leon like looks up and it the takes lights the dude's head moving. Off. Yeah. Well, no, because even before that, like Leon looks up just before he sees Lisa. And like the lights are moving above yeah. him, and then he looks down and sees Lisa, and kind of the, you get a little bit of a jump scare because Lisa's suddenly there. Uh, but like, so they try and build that tension, but then they just immediately go, "Oh yeah, it's a liquor," and I'm like, that could have played out so much better. Mm. I've like the especially with like just the lighting moving at above them and they can't see it. Yeah, could have played out so much better. Um, just to kind of give you an idea of how terrifying Lisa is, the mask that she wears is uh, made up of the faces of her adopted parents that she ripped off. Mm. So, there you go. Yeah, they kind of make her... She's not really a... She's, like, completely sane, well... Ish. Ish, still yeah. in this. And is kind of... Dublin <coughs> imprinted on Claire, I want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very strange relationship that she has, but... So yeah, like I thought the film wasn't scary and I thought the film lacked atmosphere, which is a big thing that it shouldn't really do when you're adapting Resident Evil. Yeah, and the, this, but this is the thing that gets me and I think it is one of the downfalls that you are right is the atmosphere isn't there. But like the Spencer Mansion is amazing and there's so many cool moments where you're like, you could be really building tension here. Yeah. Feeding some of the original score from the games... Like, you know, I'm sure you went to Capcom and said, look, we want to use some of the original score. They've gone, yeah, sure. I mean, we're letting you fucking make the games. So yeah. knock yourself out. Um, and the bits so like, 
the when it's fucking Wesker and Valentine in the study. Yeah. With the, the candlestick. Yeah. Um, with the piano. With the, the piano. Is. Yeah. I was making a clue joke, but it's fine. Like that could have been a way tenser scene. Same with when whatever the character is called in the helicopter. Vickers. Vickers. They could have built the tension of that instead of it just being like suddenly we flash back to Vickers and then Vickers is dead. Mm. They could have kept going back to him like playing Snake on his phone and being like, what the fuck is that noise? Yeah. I can hear stuff. But they're literally just like, blood hand, dead. Yeah. And then that... Oh, okay. Well, that, <laughs> one, that, that one's dead now. Same with, what's the blonde dude who died? He's like the first one who dies when they get to the manor. Yeah. That could have taken longer. I feel like there's way more... There would have been way more... If they hadn't have added in the second plot line, they could have spent way more time of them, like, hearing stuff skittering away from them groaning, like, them on their... Like, each in their own locations around the mansion and slowly being picked off would have been great. And then also having the one of them have to face off against one of the other members, one of their best friends after they've become a zombie. Because mm-hmm. none of them have to face off against anyone they love. <coughs> no. And I'm like, literally, you could have had a great moment where they had to face off against one of their closest friends and co-workers who they love, who they spend all of their time with. And you pussy out on that? Mm-hmm. Like... I'm also begging, 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 begging you... To fucking do the giant spider. So, what's the problem with Leon? Because you had a, you have a problem with Leon in this. I want the giant spider first and foremost. Okay, excellent. But what is your problem? So I haven't. I don't know <coughs> Leon. So I have an issue with the characters in this movie. Not a single one of the characters outside of two seconds, Ada. Feels like the characters that they do. Now, I know certain people had issues with the casting, skin colour, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because Leon and Valentine have been slightly race switched, haven't they? Yeah, which is really funny because (laughs) in in Resident Evil, whichever one, one of the shit ones, uh, the guy who plays uh, Leon is Estonian. Mm. And Leon's characteristics are actually based on a Romanian model even though he's okay. a, even though he's a whitey um, and obviously Jill is like milk bottle white um, uh, Jill in the games is like half Swedish half Japanese or something isn't she wow she's no I don't wow yeah I do, cause I she never she never, she never she never oh she might she be never, she, she never, never looks like yeah, it yeah she's milk bottle white with like black hair yeah or brown hair depending on which like version of the game you play um, and that, like, I, to be honest, I don't really care about, like, Avon Jogon or, like, Hannah John Kamen playing the characters. Like, race swapping doesn't really affect me that much, I think, as it does a lot of people in films. Because, like, I always refer to Michael Clark Duncan playing Kingpin in, like, Daredevil. Like, he's fucking awesome as Daredevil, like, as Kingpin. And I think as long as you can, con- like, within reason, as long as you can convey like, who the character is supposed to be. Like, I don't think it's a massive issue. Um, But none of the characters in this feel like the characters that they do in the games. Like, Chris in the games is meant to be, like, this really hardened, like, military guy who's, like, in the police. He goes on to found, like, this fucking, like, military, like, uh, like, 
organization and big group and he becomes like a member of like operation wolfhound and he shows up in like seven and eight and he fucking punches a boulder in half in like part five and he's a double hard bastard in this he's a fucking he's a pretty boy who takes a shot he's a fucking fuck boy um wesker is meant to be like this really sinister insidious like sociopathic like guy who's meant to like fuck everybody in the back and he's kind of almost like a terminator is mm. how i would describe him and had you not hired tom hopper if you'd hired someone who could act maybe that would have come across better um hannah john cayman fares better than the rest of them so i will give points for uh, claire and jill because they changed their character specifically in the film mm. like it was on purpose yeah so that they had you know different characteristics and seemed like more fully rounded women than just yeah. two characters with different features of the same person yeah like claire looks how she does for the most part in the second game like she's wearing the outfit and she has some of the characteristics of what claire does but again it comes down to a little bit of poor writing and a poor performance Hannah John Cayman fares a little better because they give her some of that like sarcastic attitude and some of that like quippiness that um, Jill Valentine has in the games. Uh, despite the cringe Jill sandwich reference in the in the film, um, and Leon, what did you do to my boy? Um, so Leon is my favorite. Leon Scott Kennedy is my favourite character in the games. Him and Ethan Winters from Village are my two favourite characters in, in the whole series. And you see Leon's progression through the games. And yeah, he starts off as the cop in RPD. And then in part four, he gets sent to like <coughs> fucking Germany to investigate a cult that have kidnapped the president's daughter. And he's working for like the secret services. And then he evolves again in part six to be like working for a proper top secret government organization. He is like a skilled tactician and he's a skilled like military personnel. Like he But in the first second game. Yeah. Is he? Or is he blue blood, green as grass? No, he's not. He is absolutely nothing like how he is portrayed. Because he's he's a he's not a high ranking RPD officer, but he is intelligent enough to get himself out of the situation. Well, it's his first day on the job. Yeah, but he's still like quite an intelligent character. Yeah, but what I'm what I'm saying is, ignoring the later games, looking just at the second. Again, my point. He's he's fresh from the police academy, first day on the job at RPD. I understand what you're saying. Is in the game he's like way more on point and he knows what he's doing but in all likelihood realistically he's probably gonna be more like he is in this film i i just think they chose the wrong character to make the punchline in this because it betrays everything that the character is and goes on to be by making him a fucking simpleton and like some of the things that he does in this film like no offence to Avon or like no offence to like his performance because he does what he's told yeah and I just think it's piss poor writing and I think it's really like it's really interesting hearing 
Johannes Robert in interviews go, oh, yeah, like we put this stuff in specifically for the fans. Like we knew what we were doing. Like we're all big Resident Evil fans. And then I'm like, yeah, you made the Spencer Mansion look cool. Yeah, you did that shot from the first game. Excellent. Yeah, you hid like some of the keys and the herbs and stuff in the in the thing. And everybody's wearing the right clothes. But not one of those five main characters feels like any of the characters from the game. Like, I don't know who these characters are. You could have called these characters Flibbity-Jib, Bibbity-Bop, Skippity-Doo, Tinky-Winky, and, like, Jesus, and it would have made no fucking difference to, like... Like, there's no point going out of your way to have a production team make your film feel like the game if you're going to inhabit it with a bunch of NPCs that don't feel like the characters that that the fans have, like developed relationships with Mm -hmm. leon is the biggest offender of this like i think he is the worst written of the five characters and maybe that's because i'm biased because he's my favorite character but there's nothing about him that says this is leon kennedy like at all um and i just think storyline wise like Everything else that this movie does wrong, getting the characters wrong is the biggest crime. Yeah. See, it's weird seeing it from the point of view of someone who hasn't played the game and I have no connection to these characters. Like, I see how annoyed you are at the personification of Leon. Leon's character, to me, having never played any of the games, made perfect sense. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, he's like he's like the baby, he's the rookie, he's Newstown, he doesn't have a clue what the fuck Umbrella is. Like, he makes perfect sense to me. The rest of them, so, like, the stars team... Yeah. You had to explain to me what the fuck stars was, because I just assumed they were all detectives. Hmm. And I was like, it's a weird amount of detectives to have in such a small city, but sure. <laughs> um, there's a lot of them. It's not that big of a, a town, let's be honest. Um, but I just assumed they were, like, detectives. I had no idea what the fuck stars was. I, had, I literally was like, what the fuck is stars? When I saw it on one of their arms, you had to explain it was, like, a fucking tactic, tactical force in a fucking small town. And no yeah. one's suspicious about that. But, like, so for me, Leon's character was one of the only characters that, like, legitimately made sense. Because mm. I was like, oh, he's the green, he's the baby, he's fresh out of the academy, or fresh out of shooting his partner in the ass. Um, Newstown doesn't really know what's going on. He's still the rookie. Um, like you see him progress slightly more throughout the film as well. Like he he kind of becomes a little bit more confident and gets his gets his wits about him the further into the film you get. Yeah. Um, but like he was the one character that I was like, oh no, Leon makes sense. Like I get Leon. Leon, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the other ones, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why all of these people have like got fucking, like, why is there like a SWAT team that's been sent out? On, like, why have you got a helicopter? How big is Raccoon City? What is its population? Why do you need a, a SWAT team with a helicopter? Mm. Like, what? Why? I'm yeah. so confused. Somebody could, if someone could let me know what the population of Raccoon City is. Because it doesn't look like it's a big city. You don't need a SWAT team in a helicopter. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and nobody's suspicious? Yeah. Yeah, no. There's so many things just don't make sense about this film. And they don't even go by a sign that's like, welcome to Raccoon City population, because that would help. 
Why is there not a welcome? Every film I've ever seen when we go to a city that no one's heard of, there is a welcome to wherever population this. Because the person who would have made the signs probably dead. Probably. Also, um, can we talk about the fact that they're called RPD when it's called Raccoon City? They should be RCPD. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. You're just thinking about raccoons and police uniforms now. I am, because it's literally raccoon police department, and I'm like, little tiny raccoons and little tiny police uniforms. Do you remember the raccoons cartoon? I do. I do. They got my boy Cyril Snow. It's like little tiny raccoons do the little dance in the little police uniforms. They get to pull out a gun, it's actually just a fish. I don't fucking know. But yeah, it's raccoon police department. You're called Raccoon City, guys. RCPD. Annoys me. This is not R.I.P.D. Rest in peace department or whatever the fuck it stands for. So we've walked through the cracks in the evidence where evil has taken up residence. Hmm. Um, what did you think of... I will ask you one question. What did you think of the creature like the, the, the uh, creature design in this? Oh. So like, let me start with... like, What did you think of Lisa? I like Lisa. Lisa is practical. Yeah, and she looks like she does in the but game. She looks cool. Uh, what did you think of the zombie Doberman? They look terrible. Yeah. The CGI is shocking. Um, they And they flip between real and fake. Maybe, but all I can yeah. remember is that horrific CGI. Because um, obviously the one at the beginning is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a Doberman or is it a pincher? It's a Doberman. It's a Doberman. Right? Doberman. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's a Doberman in the games. Um, what did you think of the liquor? Uh, I didn't hate the liquor as much. But again, the CGI wasn't fantastic. Okay. What did you think of the zombies? I mean, they're fucking zombies. Yeah, I thought they looked good. Um, They're not the worst zombies I've seen in film and TV. No. I think they did, like, the bare minimum. Like, they uh, were just like, hey, we just put a bit of blue makeup on this guy's face, splash a bit of blood on his face. Uh, What did you think of the Birkin monster? Oh, fuck me that is horrendous like my eyes were insulted that i had to look upon it because there's two forms there's the form when he first gets the stuff in him and he's like still, yeah that's not great still neil mcdonough and he's got like the half eyeball thing coming out of him that's not great and then there's the final form that's horrific at the end it gets worse the longer it goes on so it starts out and you're like this is a bit of shit and by the end of it you're like what the fuck is that i have to ask because obviously this movie does have some ps2 looking graphics in mm-hmm. it. um would you have preferred them to use because in like in the original resident evil movie the 2002 one they like get the dobermans and they just put like a, they just spray a bit of shit on them like they're real dogs mm-hmm. and they just put like a bit of latex on them and spray them down mm-hmm. Uh, which is hilarious when you see the dogs trying to lick it off themselves in the BTS. Uh, would you have preferred more practical effects in this? Or do you yes. think, like, I, I imagine, like, I think a licker would have looked cool practical if they'd used a practical licker puppet. I think it would have looked cool. Um, I think Lisa being practical and the zombies being practical is cool. A practical dog more would have been good. The only one I'm not sure about, and I think it's because of how he's lit in both the scenes he's in, I don't know how a practical Birkin would have worked. So my answer to this is I always want more practical. Yeah. There's, it's not a question. I, I would much prefer consistently things to be done practically mm-hmm. than CGI because CGI ages terribly even when it's done well. Mm-hmm. 
I can't think of a single film where the CG Lord of the Rings. I is knew the you only were going to say film. fucking Lord of the Rings. And even then, the Balrog is starting to look a bit ropey. Mm. But again, a massive chunk of the stuff on that is actually practical. It's only things like the Balrog and Gollum that are actually CGI. Yeah. So. And Gollum still looks mint. Because the fucking. Um, I forgot their names. The Dementors are um, practical. Yeah. Um, um, but other than that, I, I do think that practicality would have been the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't really know what a Birkin monster would have looked like as a practical suit because it's kind of a hard... Because of so many like moving parts and things on the suit, like the only real way they could have done it would have been CGI. But I just don't think they had the CGI budget for this. And I think the way that some of the things is lit or are lit is very odd. Like that parking lot scene where everything's got that like fucking blue and green like fucking underworld filter on it for no reason. Mm. And then like... So yeah, like my main concern always with stuff like this is, like I was saying, with the CGI, especially with the Birkin monster at the end, it's like, it's not brilliantly lit. And CGI sometimes in the wrong lighting looks uh-huh. really ropey. And like the scene where they're being chased by the liquor, the liquor looks awful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just kind of think like, who the fuck are you paying on this cast that you couldn't have like used some of that money to get better cgi or to get better like practical effects you know what i mean um but yeah that's that's what i like i know i know that it sounds like i hate this movie i don't hate this movie i think it's the problem is is i think there is a good resident evil movie in here somewhere i just can't understand how after making seven of these fucking things like, nobody has cracked it yet. No. They've made nearly as many live-action Resident Evil films as there is mainline games, yet no one's fully cracked it yet. And I'm concerned that at this stage, no one is going to crack it. Um, but here we are. I digress. Um, I do think there are things to enjoy about this movie. It's cool seeing all the iconic locations. Like, the zombies look cool. There are some cool sequences in this, like the scene with the truck driver when he starts turning into the zombie and he crashes the car into the police station and the police station catches on fire and like all the zombies are outside. That's a really cool scene that's very reminiscent of the opening of like the second game. Yeah. The scene where they're, they're basically with this, the scene where they recreate the intro to the first Resident Evil movie, the live action intro where stars got up to Spencer Mansion and the doors open and you see that the Spencer Mansion inside for the first time. Very, very cool. I just think what you should have done is focused on making an adaptation one game at a time, spent a little bit more money on practical effects, and maybe just tightened up the characterization a little bit. Because the thing is, if you if you just focus on the first film, you don't have to put Claire and Leon in it. You've got Chris, you've got Wesker, you've got Valentine. That's your three main characters. You've got your Spencer Mansion location. You could do your Lisa Trevor if you want. You give it a goddamn giant fucking spider. Like, you know, you can do all that shit. And you can make it more of a, like, mystery thriller. They're like, you know, because the game has puzzle-solving elements. It has mystery elements. Like, you have to combine herbs and find keys. And, you know, you could have... 
if you'd focused on one story at a time, you could have put more of those elements in of like them trying to discover like the jade key, the red key, the blue key, like, you know, mixing the herbs together, finding the things, like unlocking the secret doors, like, you know, uncovering the mystery of the Spencer Mansion, you know, making a Jill sandwich. We could have focused on more of that stuff rather than just doing a kind of greatest hits. Here's the things that you love in some weird discombobulated like way mm. um but you know we got what we got and i will say for like a seven out of ten film this is much better than at least like five of those other fucking resident evil movies so but yeah what are your final thoughts and your score on this one so we can wrap this up uh so i don't think this film's terrible i do think being not a fan of resident evil it does suck a lot of the enjoyment out of the film because they don't really explain anything um which is a big downfall for this movie for me like mortal kombat they explained everything you could possibly need to know Just um sure. resident evil they went now nah, you'll figure it out yeah and you're like oh, okay i none of this makes sense um which is not great. Um, I think... So you're saying Mortal Kombat was like the tutorial mode of a video game, whereas this is like being at your mate's house and kind of watching your mate play it. About halfway. But, but, but not like, from the beginning. I've yeah. joined them like halfway through. And you're, like only, you're only looking up like every couple of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you're not really that interested, but they're playing it yeah. and you said you'd hang around and you're like, yeah. well, can you restart it? And they were like, no, 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 we'll carry on from where I am. Like, that's not helpful. Um, pretty much. Um, I think it could be much better. I think it could have been a great film. It's not. Uh, so I'm deducting points for that. Um, I'm adding points because they got Robbie Amell and Avan in here, both of whom I love. I like both of them equally. However, I am just deducting points for having Tom in it. Old fucking stank face Tom who can't act. Dad left me on the moon! Yeah, old ape boy. Fucking prick. Um, Wasn't he in that wank rom-com that came out on Netflix this year as He well? did, with uh, Kat... Oh my God, I can't think what her name is. Kat something. Kat... She's from Vampire Diaries. Kat Graham. Kat Graham. Uh, Kat Graham made that film worth watching. Tom Hooper <laughs> did not. Hopper. Hopper. Tom, Tom, Tom Hooper's the... Tom Hooper, no, Tom Hooper's the guy who made Les, Les Miserables and Cats. Oh, something else. Somebody else. Hooper is a composer. I think. I think Tom Hooper also made The Theory of Everything and The King's Speech as well. Oh, Tom Hopper. Sorry. Uh, so it's losing points for that. So I don't, I'm trying to average out where the fuck my points are sitting at now. I'm gonna give it a two point five. Yeah. Also, both of the female characters aren't boobing around boobily and actually have full outfits on, which is really helpful in me scoring a film. Uh, Jill wears a lot more in this movie than she does in the game. Exactly. Well, most films like this, the girls will be in basically like breastplates. And you're like, that's keeping nothing safe. Like, legitimately. Also, nobody would spend time and energy carving some metal into a fucking breastplate. You just push everything down and get the fuck on with it. Um, so the fact that both the girls are actually wearing clothes gets them points. Uh, so yeah, so probably a two, 2.5. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean... That's counting for all the things I was giving it points for. I think I'd be inclined to give it a three. Because there are some cool things in it. And you can see that there are elements where there are trying. But there is also a lot of elements of like, we had to put this scene in just to give you the thing. Like the liquor scene, for example, is just there so you have a liquor scene. Like, Lisa Trevor is there just so they can say, oh, we got Lisa Trevor in this. Um, and I think it just suffers of, like... When I said at the beginning, it does way too much and not enough. Like, it gives you way too much stuff that's, like, unrelated to each other. And then they just kind of hope for the best and hope that fans will just be happy. Because we had, like, a fucking decade-long drought of, like, bullshit Resident Evil movies... They're just like, well, we kind of we kind of gave you the thing that you wanted. Like, are you not entertained? And I'm like... Are you not entertained? I'm like, yes, but not really. You kind of didn't really give me the thing that I wanted. So, yeah, I'll give it a three. Like, I think the score for this movie is really good. I think there are a couple of interesting, like, scenes in this. Um, it's gory, which is nice. And it tries to focus more on the horror than the other ones which are basically just like fucking action movies um so yeah it's not horrendous but it does more wrong than it does right um uh, but it was entertaining going to see it at the cinema um i thought the cinema experience was fun i like the introduction of ada wong at the end in the mid-credit scene and i like the tease of what's to come i just hope that if they do make a sequel the script is tighter and they focus more on like one specific storyline rather than just remixing like multiple storylines together. Um, so yeah, those are, that's our thoughts on Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, we will be back on Friday with our Crossing the Stream episode where we'll be looking at the 2008 Channel 4 miniseries Dead Set by Charlie Brooker as it celebrates its 15th anniversary this year. And then we'll be back for another episode on Monday where we'll be looking at the 2005 adaptation of the video game Doom uh, which is a film I'm very much looking forward to talking about uh, because it's going to be a fun episode um, as always guys thank you for your continued support please find us on social media on S-I-M-A-H-F pod on X slash Twitter so I'm married a horror fan all lowercase all one word on Tumblr and Instagram and as always, stay spooky, stay safe, take care, bye-bye.